It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody could ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you did. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. We'll punch you in the nose for 60 minutes with a relentless competitive attitude. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Welcome to Big Blue Kickoff Live on Friday. It's presented by New York Lottery. Thanks for being with us. Paul Dottino and Super Bowl champion partner Jeff Fiegels with you. Our phone number is 201-939-4513. 201-939-4513. You can also find us on Twitter at hashtag GiantsChat. As a reminder, you can find the archive of this show and our entire podcast network brought to you by Investors Bank on the Giants mobile app, podcast platforms everywhere, and at Giants.com slash podcasts. Hello, Mr. Fiegels. Dottino! What in the world is going on with you these days? I, I hey. know you've got to be on the golf course, right? No, I am not on the golf course. I'm on the radio with you right now. <laughs> Taking a but break let me from, tell you from hole number six, right? I, I, I Listen, I'm going to bring a little excitement to this show today. Because you know why? Why? Because it's, it's the end of Dallas week. Preparation week five. We're in the division. As Coach Coffin used to say, in the division. That's right. Where everybody, by the way, sits zero and zero. That is right? true. So, big week, big game, lots to talk about. Good to be here with you, Mr. Dottino. Pearson, you too, over there. All right. I know you guys, I know you guys had a little problem getting up and things and running today, but we're up. Let's go. We are. Go. Now, there is some news to report. Okay. Uh, yeah. For, first up, uh, it does appear – the reports coming out of Dallas are that Tyron Smith uh, is going to be out for the season. Oh, shoot. So, shoot. well, look, he's been banged up for a little bit yeah. now. It's not like yeah. this was unexpected. But this is out for the season. I, I didn't think he was going to play this week, but now they're saying it's out for the season. That is the understanding that the reports are coming uh-huh. out of Dallas from uh, this morning uh, all over the, uh, the Dallas uh, Cowboys media wow. Twitters is that uh, Tyron Smith is going to uh, wind up being out for the season. So, they're starting left tackle uh, to be unavailable the rest of the way. And quite frankly, their offensive line, which has been a strength for a number of years, has been badly beaten up and badly shuffled. And that is a very, very large part of the reason as to why their running game is not what it used to be. And quite honestly, why they've been getting behind in a lot of games and then having to catch up through the air while Prescott starts throwing bombs all over the place. Yeah, well, Brandon Knight is going to be the guy now for the rest of the season. That's interesting. Well, listen, hey, you know what? Everybody has their, their problems they have to deal with on every team. Um, and really, the, when you look at the Cowboys, for over time and time and time, they've been so good at that offensive line position, and they're now going to have to deal with it just like every other team. So, um, And that offense, as you know, Paul, is pretty prolific. Um, so we'll see how they do this week against a, you know, our Giants defense. Tyler Biotish, a center who came out of uh, this year's draft and a guy who I very highly ranked and, quite mm-hmm. frankly, really thought that uh, he would be a very intriguing center candidate for the Giants. He is also uh, in line to start with Joe Looney being injured last mm-hmm. weekend. So uh, that Browns game, very costly for Dallas and that, you know, Looney's a very good starting player uh, now out. And Biotish, uh will be getting the call against the Giants. And not to just, we might as well stay here for a second. Even uh, Terrence Steele, who is a this, he's a rookie, um, undrafted rookie, if you can believe that, starting on that offensive line for the Cowboys. So very inexperienced. If this is the case that we're talking about, Paul. So uh, this Giants defensive line might have a little bit of an advantage this week. 
We will see. We yeah. will see. We will uh, see. Another news item that came uh, by earlier today. Uh, the Jets had to close their practice facility in Florham Park right here in northern New Jersey. Uh, they had some positive tests uh, come back, apparently. And that player, according to Rich Cermini of the New York Daily News, on his Twitter, saying whoever that positive player was, they are already retesting him and hoping to get results back by the end of the day. Mm. But uh, as a precaution, the Jets decided to tell everybody they need to work virtually today and stay home they, of course, uh, have a home game coming up this weekend uh, while the Giants are on the road in Dallas. So it's only like a be- snow day. Well, yeah, but, but <laughs> because they are in the same state and they play in the same stadium as the Giants, I did think that that news was at least relevant to pass along. Well, it is relevant because of what you just said, but more importantly, this is what's happening now league-wide. So, um, listen, this is something that, that we all have to be a little bit concerned about um, because, you know, I think, Paul, we talked about this. Once the the training camp was over and all those players across the across across the national football league left their little mini bubbles if you will from training camps you knew that this eventually was something like this was going to happen and now you just have to kind of look at the giants and how they're doing things um you just hope that they they're staying within the protocol but you know this thing is is uh nasty and it just finds its way into these buildings somehow in some way and you just have to be prepared that something like this could happen to your team whether it's the Giants, the Jets, anybody. You well, know. fingers crossed. We already yeah. know that in the last 24 hours, there have been a couple of rescheduled games. We now know the Patriots are going to have a couple of back-to-back Monday night games. They'll have a, a Monday night doubleheader, in fact, coming up again. Again. I think uh, this like coming that. week. Well, <laughs> I, look. And, and, I like it. It starts at 7 o'clock. <laughs> look, hopefully Sorry. I'll be watching the Yankees and it won't matter. Well, but, that was a great game last night to watch. Woo! Yeah, I, I, you know, I was, I was really very happy because I was allowed to uh, digest my full plate of pasta without any issues last night. <laughs> very good. Oh, yeah. that's always very good because yeah. you do not want to have indigestion after a full plate of pasta. That's not good. Paul, let me ask you a question because I was this came up the other day and I didn't have the answer. Um, if somebody is is in fact tested positive for COVID in your building, a player, for, for instance, um, the protocol to coming back, is it a mandatory certain amount of days of, pro- of, uh, of uh, being in quarantine, or is it then you have to text negative for three tests in a row and then you're able to come back? Well, Jeff, you know I, I don't want to speak out of turn here because yeah. these, these details are very it's, specific and they're in stone and they don't want any deviation. So rather than, than okay. guess... I'm I'm going to tell you that I'm not sure. What I can tell you is this, that over the course of the last couple of months, there have been a number of teams that have come back with a positive test and said, okay, well, let's make sure. They immediately retest and find out, oh, my goodness, we had X number of false positives. And when the false positives uh, come back, or should I say are are determined, uh, then you don't have to wait for the three days to come back. So, for example, my understanding, based on what was uh, communicated uh, earlier today by some of the national media, I believe Albert Breer was was one of those who had said the Jets are now virtual today, but they are getting the player who was positive in the building retested. If it is determined that it was a false positive, I believe the Jets can go back to their building and work tomorrow. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, uh, again, it, it has to do with, I think it has to do with the fact that if it's determined it was a false positive, 
Now, if, if, if he comes back in his retest and is still positive, now I think you enter a whole different set of circumstances, which at the moment I do not know the details of. Gotcha. But it may, it may be three days. That's certainly a possibility. I don't know, but that may be in the rule book. Look, here, here's what I do know, that the National Football League Commissioner Roger Goodell formulated a COVID committee, and I'd like to say that it was like two months ago. Tom Coughlin is on that COVID committee. Oh, All right? good. And that committee is made up of longtime National Football League people. I believe you've got a few former players as well as front office. I think Bill Polian is on it. Uh, and there are there are retired coaches on it. Again, Coughlin is one of, I believe, eight people on the committee. And they are advising the league what direction to take every step of the way as these things pop up. They are taking things into consideration, being that they are from all walks of NFL life and have extensive experience in professional football. And they are trying to direct, suggest, and basically uh, try to interpret all of the different problems and things that pop up whenever you have a positive, and they're trying to come up with suggestions to then give the commissioner and and give the competition committee and the players' union some type of palatable solution. And I'm sure that they were uh, uh, great much involved in having these Monday doubleheaders uh, for example, is that one other game they're talking about moving to Tuesday? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure that this COVID committee had a great deal to do with those ideas coming to the forefront. Well, yeah, that's why they commit. That's why they they started the committee. You know, those guys have been. They got a lot of long, long uh, history and of decision making and. You know, these guys have been in positions that they have to make these types of decisions for their teams, and now they're making it for the league. I think it's great. I think it's really good. And, and these types of things have to be very well thought out. And, um, and these guys bring a lot, of, a lot to the table in order to kind of bring those things to, to light. So, uh, listen, I, I think if you're a player and this was me in this situation, I think you just have to be very receptive to this is 2020. This season is, is nothing like anything that you've ever been around, and we have to be able to adjust and improvise and all that kind of stuff. So if they want us to play on Tuesday, then we're going to have to play on Tuesday, guys. That's just the way it is. The one thing that I would not be happy about, and I just tell you right now, I know that the guys aren't going to be happy about this at all, especially if you're the Buffalo Bills going to maybe not play against the Tennessee Titans because they did what they did and they're not going to get paid. Oh, wow. There is going to be some fighting there. I, I, I would be very, 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 very discouraged about that, uh, especially if you're a Buffalo Bills team that's done nothing. Um, but you have to understand the Titans did something. You know, you know what I'm talking about here, right? I mean, it, I've been it's, it's, if they don't play, they don't get paid. Yes. So, uh, and that's big paychecks for a lot of people, and that would make me very upset. Well, right? yeah, but but Jeff, here's the problem: that was a a unilaterally negotiated right, yeah, between the players' union and the league. I know that they finally decided to agree that if if there's no game because of a cancellation, the paychecks are going to stop. And mm-hmm. I mean, so I, I get it; you'd be very unhappy that the situation or circumstances arose. But you really can't complain about it being unfair because it was negotiated. Well, I could complain about it all I want. I wouldn't wouldn't have agreed with it. I would have said, no, that's not the case. I mean, you know, listen, but 
you know, it got voted on and you have to deal with it. But I'm just telling you, and from reference, I, I wouldn't be happy with it. And even though it got passed, I'm still not happy with it. Um, but I get it. I get it. Okay. Because, you know, a lot of this is all about money and, um, you know, both for the players and for the league. So mm-hmm. let's, let's move on. All right. I could be on to this thing all day. One so. other thing uh, coming out of Joe Judge's presser today before they went out to the practice field. And by the way, it is a gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous day in North Jersey for yeah, practice. I was out there weekend. earlier. Uh, did see Sterling Shepard, who was still on injured reserve with turf toe, did see him lightly jogging on the side with the trainer. Mm-hmm. And that's a good sign. It would seem to me uh, you would have to have some optimism that once he comes off of the three-week IR, that uh, he would be in line to return. But, of course, there could always be a setback. You just don't know. I would only say this. I've seen guys with turf toe, and I've mentioned this before on the program, get sidelined for the better part of a season and sometimes lose a whole season. It's crazy how that injury can really ruin you. The fact that Shepard was out there lightly jogging today was Mm -hmm. a very positive development. Yeah, the turf toe is a lot like the high ankle sprain. You know, it's just you don't know how severe it is until it just next thing you know, you're gone for six weeks um, when you thought you'd be able to come back in three weeks. So, you know, speaking of ankles, um, I'm hoping I, I'm seeing here from head coach Joe Judge mentioning a little bit about Jabril Peppers out of practice today that he was out there. Yes. Um, so that's a good thing. And uh, hey, listen, anytime you can get some of your starters back, um, it's, it's good. And because, you know, you look at that defense and that safety position, uh, they got to rotate some guys around there. You know, Julian Love was a little bit banged up last week. I thought that Logan Ryan did a great job of filling in for him, which, by the way, Paul, you know this, um, and you knew this before he even got here, what a spectacular player he is as far as his uh, cerebral uh, and Mm -hmm. how he can really – fit into those multiple positions. And I think that that was a big decision to why he came here because I, co- I think Coach Graham sat him down and said, listen, I'm going to need you to play these positions and I'm going to put you in these positions. Are you willing to do it? And he said, yes. So it's been great for the Giants to have him. I would totally agree with that. One other item uh, about Peppers, and let's make this very clear. It doesn't matter who the Giants coach is. The Giants have always had a policy. Medical guys get the first say. Oh, yeah, Ronnie Barnes and the doctors, yeah. That's just the way it is here. It's not always that way in every organization. But with the Giants, it is. And you can speak to this in a moment, Jeff, just to Mm -hmm. to make sure that people understand. Judge made it clear today when he was pushed on Peppers. He said it's very simple. The medical people tell us if he can do more damage to himself by getting on the field. If that's the case, the answer is no, he doesn't play. Coaches and medical step in and tell the player – you're not getting on the field. It's really that simple. If it's a pain tolerance thing, but they don't feel that he's at risk of being put himself in more danger, then it's up to the player to tell them if he believes that he can go out there and, and play through it. And that's just the way it's always been with the New York Giants. Well, listen, I uh, was with the Giants for seven years, and I don't remember it being anything other than that. And I know that um, – the history of this league where back in the day where the players basically said, I'm going back in and didn't, you know, didn't, didn't listen to anybody. And then it came down to one point in time when this all changed throughout the league, pretty much Paul, and that the doctors now were making these decisions. And I know that there was a lot of coaches that were not very happy with that type of protocol. Um, but I think to this day, everybody's aware of it now. And this is just the way it is. But, you know, a while back, uh, coaches and trainers used to get into it 
<laughs> oh, I, mean, I know. Really, really into it. And can you see the, you know, guys like, and I'm not saying that this happened at the Giants, but guys like Bill Parcells, could you imagine him having this discussion with a trainer that just told him that his starting left tackle cannot play um, when he really saw him out there at practice thinking that he could? Um, lots of heated discussions. With, I, well, I, 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 saw I, I, I want you to be careful there. I, I know for a fact that did not happen here when Parcells was No, that's what I here. said. Yeah. I, that's what I said. I said it, not that it happened with the Giants. I'm no, saying imagine never Bill, Bill Parcells with, at, at another team somewhere having these types of discussions. I mean, listen, these are coaches that they, they're there to win. And they want their best players out there. And when somebody tells them they can't, but that doesn't happen anymore. The league has changed, and every team pretty much does it that way now. And it's just the way it is. Well, I think yes. I think I think the way it used to be is one way, and the way it is now is another. First of all, I, I just know that Parcells was groomed in the Giants system. I don't think he would ever put a player at risk out on the field. Number one. So sure. I want to make sure, I want to clear his name on that first, and then second, I want to say I think you're right, Jeff. I think the safety measures that have come into play with the league in the, in the last few years, I, I think it's probably, if not universal, almost universal that that these precautions and these giants. Uh, standards are are all over the league now. There may be yeah. isolated cases where they're not. I don't know I that for it. a fact. Yeah. Okay. But for years ago, oh, it was definitely uh, yeah. a variable standard uh, for injured guys. Giants fans get a New York Giants checking account from Investors Bank with a Giants branded debit card, security features, and discounts at the Giants online shop. You can earn up to two hundred fifty dollars when you open an account. Visit investorsbank.com/giants. Member FDIC. We go to the phone lines at 201-939-4513. Bob from New Jersey is on line one. Hello, you're on the program. Hi. Uh, Hi. Th- thank you. For, thanks for taking my call. Uh, I'm sorry to get. I'm, I'm. I'm a little. I'm sorry to get you off on a somewhat of a negative note, but here it is. Um, I just. I read that uh, Ron Rivera made an interesting move with Washington. He. Uh, He's benching his young quarterback because the quarterback wasn't playing well and the total the offense was inept. So he wanted to give him a chance to sit back and learn for a little bit and also a chance to evaluate whether the quarterback is the problem, the offensive line is the problem, the skill positions are a problem. Well, there's uh, another there's another re- there's well, another reason he's not talking about. You un- you understand? <laughs> Kyle Allen, who is a former Panther who was with Ron Rivera in Carolina, is now going to be the starter. So there's a relationship that he has with Kyle Allen and also understanding that Kyle Allen knows the system like the back of his hand. So there is another significant factor in this benching that okay. we just kind of glossed over. Yeah, well, that's all right. That's another factor. But I'm thinking that um, if, Daniel, if the offense stinks to join out, on uh, against Dallas, then you know, I mean, if they can't move the ball against Dallas, uh, I think it might be time to uh, you know think about sitting Dan Jones down for a few games and let him learn and and make it you know make a uh, decision on whether it's if the quarterback is the problem at this time or whether it's the offensive line or the skill positions. I, you know, I, I think uh, you know we need to do something to figure out what's going on. Well, I anyway, I was, let me comment. I, I just have a, I have a feeling that in the building, the coaches, they understand what's going on. They understand if it's the quarterback. They understand if it's the receivers, the running backs, the linemen. 
Um, so making a quarterback change, obviously, if that's if that's something that you feel would would maybe identify what you're saying. But, you know, you got to look at it collectively and, you know, I, I, do you really want to go there and 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 start that type of a thing? Or do you think that it's better for Daniel Jones just to in his 17th game of his career, which will be this week, uh, to just stick in there and, and have the growing pains and go through it? But I think the coaches do know where the problems are and they're trying to fix it. It just hasn't happened yet. And hopefully this is the week to do it, like you said. Well, I I I just like to see you know some progress this week. If if it doesn't happen, this if there's no if they can't score points and move the ball this week, I I don't know if it's going to happen all year. Sure. And I, and I, and I want <laughs> I want to know I want to know if we have the right quarterback. All right, Bob. Appreciate the phone call. Two zero one nine three nine four five one three. New York Lottery Big Blue Kickoff Live is presented by New York Lottery. Get out there and play. Jeff, the one thing that I can say for sure is that despite some of the really rough, and I mean rough inconsistencies in this offense, they've been in position on the final drive of two games to pull something out of the fire. Mm -hmm. So it would seem to me that, you know, no one's going to deny that averaging less than 12 points a game is anything near acceptable because it's not. Okay, that needs to be made very clear. And, you know, I know people don't want to necessarily hear a passive take on this. But it would seem to me that the coaches are right when they say they've got stuff that's fixable and stuff that that can be corrected. And I would think that, yes, against a Dallas team that has had a tremendous amount of difficulty stopping people, you will see more more offense from the Giants this week. Whether or not they win the game, I don't know. But I would I would be hard pressed to believe that you won't see them do better. Well, they should be. Listen, let's go back to last week where we saw some improvement. And and you're right. There are two two of the games, particularly where you these Giants team could have won these games, um, but because they couldn't execute, and they they did not have that type of production, especially in the red zone, okay, and the turnovers, they weren't able to do it. But when you look at a team like this, um, and that Cowboy defense where there's all kinds of holes in it, you're right. There should be able to. Build on what they did last week, and that's the running game. And by the way, they give up <laughs> really big plays defending the run. Okay, they've had 19 or runs of 10 yards or more, which is like 29th in the NFL. So if there's a time to get right in the running game and build off of what they did last week, Paul, this would be the team. So I think what I would like to see two things in my mind with this Giants first Dallas matchup. Offense versus the Dallas defense, two things. I've already addressed the running game. I think they can get that going. Agreed. Okay? The second thing I want to address is their red zone production because if they can get the running game going and they can have some success on third down and drive down the field, stop the field goals. Forget about them. I need some red zone execution. And I don't care if they're 50% this week. It's going to be a lot better than being 20% on the season. And then the other one is – you know that one. I don't even have to tell you about that one. I'm not even going to yes. mention it, the T word, okay? I want those are the three things on offense that I want to see. <laughs> and, it's, and by the, the way, it's, word. And it's not a technical, okay? The T word. <laughs> well, I'll tell you one word it's not. Turnover. <laughs> That's one word it's not. Oh, brother. You know, I, I will give you a little piece of, of the, the, the general philosophy and strategy on this game. And, and it's funny because it truly – I just had a chance a couple of weeks ago to talk to Bill Parcells. And we were talking about the 1990 uh, team because we're doing a whole bunch of things on the huddle this year to celebrate the 30 years of them beating the Bills. Mm -hmm. And it, after I got done talking to Bill, it's quite obvious – 
you know, that this particular game, and it really is true against all high-powered offenses. It was true last week against the Rams, and you see how it almost worked, and that is you must reduce the number of possessions in the game by winning the time of possession, working the clock, and doing everything you can to slow the game down. And the same situation is good. They did it to Jim Kelly and his, his red gun attack in the Super Bowl, and they need to do it again against Dallas. Now, let me give you a couple of numbers here, Jeff. The average number of possessions that an NFL team has in today's game is 11. Okay? Mm-hmm. Now, the best offenses will average approximately three points per possession, which is how you get 30-plus points offenses, like at the Cowboys are averaging, I think, 31 points a game offensively. Mm-hmm. Okay? So what you want to do against Dallas is you want to slow the game down, okay, by increasing time of possession and reducing the number of times that each team is going to start a drive. So get them down to eight drives. That's the key here. You don't want them driving the ball 11 times, 11 possessions. You want them down to eight possessions. Dallas is averaging two turnovers a week, okay? So – If you can get them from 11 possessions down to eight possessions, let's just say for argument's sake, they turn the ball over once. That brings them down to seven effective possessions. Even if they get the average of three points a possession, that's only 21 points. You follow? Oh, I'm right there with you. So philosophically speaking, that is what the Giants must now. Can they do it? How do you do this? Well, you do this with a running game, with the short pass and a ball control offense, with not turning the ball over yourself, and and on the other side, you allow Ezekiel Elliott to run the ball like they did with Thurman Thomas in the Super Bowl, allow the running game on the Cowboys to be somewhat effective so that they don't have to keep throwing it and using their speedy receivers and their explosive passing game to put up a bunch of quick yards and quick points. Force Dallas to go on these eight and nine play drives that eat up five and six minutes on the clock, Mm -hmm. and that's one of the ways you shorten the amount of possessions in a game. So give up the – let Elliott run for 100 yards if he has to. That's perfectly fine. So – that would be the philosophy that the Giants would best be served to win this game. Now, I don't know if they can pull this off. Well, they tried. They tried They tried it against the Rams. That was their philosophy with the Rams, too. The funny part about it is they shut down the Rams' running game to under 60 yards on the ground, yeah. which, is, which is even better than what was exactly. expected. Exactly. And by the way, they only let up 17 points. So mm-hmm. or was it, it was it 19? 19 points. What was it? What was the score last week? 19. 19. So, I mean – yeah. No, 17-9 it was, right? 17-9. That's where the other now, but here's the, other, the the argument to this, Paul, and I, I was right with you the whole way. But offensively, so, for some the other Giants, people on our broadcast team don't understand that, but it's okay. I I, I, I completely <laughs> of understand. Of course you it. understand it. You're I, I get it. Like but me. here but here's the other thing. You know, you have to combat that with some sort of offensive firepower that you score more than twelve points. Because if I no, only score twelve no doubt. and you're and you're giving them 21 with your seven possessions times three. I, I gotta, I gotta sneak in another touchdown in there somewhere. Well, and that's what that's the key here. See, what you need to do is philosophically put yourself in position so that you can compete. And now you have to get your offense to do something to push you over the top. 
But if you don't use that basic core offensive philosophy or basic core game philosophy, then you run the risk of just getting run out of the building. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like if this is the, if you can do this now, if you, and I don't want to listen, there's a lot of people that are saying, is this the get right game? Is it a get right game for Dallas defense or is it a get right game for the Giants offense? I know, you know, so what I'm going to say is I'm hoping that it's a get right game for the Giants to improve on some of the things that I told you. But here's the other thing that I want people to understand is that, you know, this, this Giants football team, I don't want the defense to know that, hey, the Giants, they're gonna, they're gonna, they're just gonna demolish this this Giants deep this Dallas defense today. I don't want them to sit back and rest on their laurels because they've been playing well. Which by the way, I don't think they're gonna because they're going up against a juggernaut of an offense. That I mean Dak Prescott is throwing the ball out of the, the world right now. Yeah. And they they're gonna get tested. But and it's on the road. Um, and by the way, and I would have loved this. Going, knowing that there was, has not been any fans in the stands. Because uh, I like a little bit of noise, right? Mm-hmm. And so the Giants are going to get that this week with the Cowboys. They are. They're going to get some people they in there. There will be fans in the stands. Uh, Big Blue Kickoff Live is presented by New York Lottery. Get out there and play. We go to line two. CJ in the Bronx is next on the program. Hello. Hello. Morning. Um, Jeff, hope you're all famous soon. Hey, thank you, CJ. I appreciate that. Yes, yeah. sir. I, I, I agree with you about the time of possession because 2015, Jason Garrett saved his defense by controlling time of possession. Yeah, he used that entire yeah. philosophy for a full season. And, in fact, he's done it. He, they did it in Dallas on more than one occasion over the course of the last decade. Well, they had a really good offensive line after 2015, so I can't blame them. But the main thing I was calling for is I D-line and linebackers got to eat this, this weekend. If they're hobbling in on offensive line, we need to beat them one-on-one, one-on-one without blitzes. Yep. Let our guys sit in the back. How about young guys? I'll have seven back there. Let our four, five sometimes. Go have fun. That's all we need this weekend. I need a W. It's mm-hmm. been a tough couple of years, but we need a W battery. Well, CJ, if you subscribe to the philosophy that, that we had outlined a few minutes ago, that probably means that you'll be in sub-package. Well, first of all, Dallas loves to go with three wides anyway. But it would not surprise me at all if the Giants are in like a dime virtually the whole day trying to do what they can on the back end. And again, hoping that they can uh, at least be sufficient with their, with their front big boys against the run. But again, if Elliott runs for 100, that – that doesn't necessarily bode poorly for the Giants as long as they're not on big, explosive runs. And if Dallas is getting good field position, well, then that's going to make it just too easy for them to score. Mm-hmm. True, but if, we, if we're not dying and we have Leonard Williams out there, Marcus Golden screaming scream up the edge, I believe we can handle those guys, squeeze the holes, and make sure we follow our rules to the quarterback. Because oh. Dexter Lawrence, Dalvin Thompson, we could throw, we could throw them all, like, Three guys, six guys alone out there just to have fun. I like our defensive line against the offensive line right now. We need to take advantage of this badly because I don't like being us uh, giving them so much time. If we do that, we're in trouble. Yo, no, you're right about that, CJ. I, I, no, you're right. The, you know, Pre- Prescott does have the mobility factor, and he does have a strong arm. Now, he's also shown a propensity this year to turn over the ball. But there's no doubt that with the weaponry he has at his disposal – he can hurt you if you give him the extra time. Thanks for the call. 
Yeah, you know, those three wide receivers, Cooper, Gallup, and Lamb, they have all had 100-yard receiving games, which, by the way, is uh, is up there in the in the rankings for the National Football League. So you aren't – they go three wide, and you got to be able to – got to cover those dudes. And then, you know, listen, they got to break with their with their uh, their tight end. Uh, I think that, you know, Dalton, what's his name, Schultz is the new guy that's yes. going to be replacing. So I think that that helps the Giants a little bit because uh, this Dallas Cowboys – Offense usually likes to use those tight ends a lot, a lot, 20, mm -hmm. 25% of the time. So, you know, look look at that, and it just goes to show you where they're going to start throwing the ball. I mean, they got a rookie playing tight end for them, but they also got a rookie playing right out for them, CeeDee Lamb, too, which is he is really something special, Paul, watching him on film. Oh, man. Wow. wow. He's going to have <laughs> – we're going to have to be scratching our head with him for a while. He was division. one of the gems at the Combine coming <laughs> oh, into the draft. Man, That's oh, not man. exactly a surprise. No, I'm, <laughs> it's not a surprise, but I just – I'm tired of seeing these guys on the other team come in here and do these types of things. You know, it's just ridiculous how good he is. Well, really. the real problem is if you make one mistake back there, as the Giants found out last week against Cooper Cup, yeah. it can result in a touchdown. Yeah. And Quickly. that's the problem. Mm -hmm. Okay, and, they, and the Giants and, and the Cowboys have three of those guys. They can easily all three mm -hmm. of those guys. I just I just, you know, Gallup is he's a very underrated receiver. We know how good he is um, watching him so much in this division. But, you know, he is explosive too. their whole offense is very explosive. And like you said, with Dak, he extends plays with his with his legs. And that's something special. And we got the Giants going to have to be careful with that today to, on Sunday. Big Blue Kickoff Live is presented by New York Lottery. Get out there and play. Len from Maryland is on line number one. You're next on BBKL. Hello, Len. Hi, Len. Hey, guys. How you doing? Good. Very well. How are you? Good, good, good. Yeah, good, good. Um, I just wanted to add something to the uh, Haskins and Daniel, Daniel Jones comparison, where they are in their progressions and so forth. Um, and I wouldn't agree with it. I wouldn't disagree with anything you said, Paul. I wouldn't disagree with anything that the first caller said. So this is not about that. I just want to add one thing. And the beat writers this morning have been all over this. Sally Jenkins, who is one great writer. She, she, she's not a beat writer for the Redskins, but she's plugged in. Haskins was just not applying himself to his trade, and Revere was upset by that. He's lazy. Len, that Thanks. shouldn't you surprise you. That because doesn't surprise me at all. It should not. Because anybody yeah. who was paying attention when he was coming out of Ohio State could see yeah. that, uh, if, if you will, I'm going to use a term here, he, he was a quarterback diva. Okay? Clearly. Remember last year when he got in the game and he was winning the game? And then all of a sudden it was a Colt McCoy. He had to go in the game because he was over there in the stands saying, saying hello to people. Yeah. The game wasn't over. He was it, supposed to take a knee. Yeah. It boggled yeah. my mind how people were so overrating yeah. him and so yeah. wanting. I mean, remember the Giants fans, Lens, who were saying the Giants needed to pick him? Oh, I was yeah. like, stay away from this guy with a 50,000-foot pole. And I, yeah. got, I got trashed for it, but, gee, I guess I was right. Yeah. Now, now they haven't given up on his talent. Well, um, I, I get it. And, they invested and they, a lot and in him. Some potential there, but there's a little message sending going on here. He's got I a mean, lot of growing of up to do. That, that's that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. One of one of the things that was going on is you know that the, the quarterback that they had who had that horrendous in, uh, uh, injury, Alex Smith. Smith. Yes. Yeah, Alex Smith, and is trying to work his way back. He was beating Haskins into the locker room in the morning. And was in the room before Haskins was. Doesn't surprise you know, me. In, informally, looking at looking at film and 
working out and trying to get better and so forth. So Doesn't surprise I think there's me. a little bit of message sending here kind of going on with Haskins. I just wanted to add that. Nothing, Paul, nothing you said was wrong. Nothing that that first caller had. I don't disagree with any of it. You Good know, news, Len. Thing, you'll, you'll be able to analyze the Redskins more in a couple of weeks. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Isn't well, that, the Washington yeah, team. That, I'm sorry. The Washington the team. Yes. Yeah, let, me, let me put something that, that you talked about, Paul, about limiting, limiting the number of possessions. Let me, let me take a, just a little different angle on w- what we're getting at, which is how do we win this game. Um, and and you, I know you guys have heard me say this before. I like to think in terms of the Giants scoring points, more than half, half of the possessions that they have. In other words, if they've got, if they've got ten possessions, they're, they're scoring six times. Uh, if they've got nine possessions, you know, they're scoring five times. Score, score um, on at least half of the possessions, and you got a good shot at winning the game. Now, I know Lance always comes back and says, well, you know, if you're kicking field goals, that doesn't work. But, hey, listen, put points on the board more than half the time, and, man, you got a good shot at you know, winning. Um, you know, the safety position with the Giants and or even the corners, if I counted correctly while I was holding Paul and Jeff, um, I think five of the guys who are on the 53 now in the defensive backfield weren't on the roster opening day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, well, the turnover, the, the turnover if I counted, has if been I counted right. Now you may want to, you, you you know, you may want to count yourself and see if I'm wrong on this. But while I was holding, five guys who were not on the roster opening day were counting on on Sunday to stop uh, Cooper. Uh, Lamb and Gallup. Ryan, that, Lewis, Colbert, Hopper, and Yadam. Mm-hmm. That would be five. Yeah. That would be five. Oh, yeah. no, I got it right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and okay. by the way, you see, what some people seem to forget is that the Giants beat the 49ers in the 1990 NFC Championship game with five field goals. They didn't need to score a touchdown to ruin the three-peat, did they, Len? Oh, my goodness. So there maybe, maybe, no- maybe people like you and me need to remind some young people about those things. Listen, Pat Summerall's Pat most famous line in his history as an announcer. The best line. There ever, will yeah. be no three-peat. I could replay that 5,000 times. In fact, I already have. Classic. All right. hey, Len, listen. be well. Hey, listen, let's go, Giants. Let's, let's win a game on Sunday. Come on, Giants. You okay, got it, go. Len. 201-939-4513. Line two, Matt in Long Island. You're next on the show. Hello. Hi, Matt. Hey, guys, how are you? Uh, good to be on, and uh, haven't talked to you guys in a while, but um, yeah, happy to be back on. Hey, guys, I wanted to talk a little bit about, um, you know, the tight ends, obviously, Evan Ingram um, and Caden Smith, and, and also the, the guard position when you look at um, Will Hernandez. Now, I was a big – I'm a big draft guy. I love Will Hernandez coming out. But I think – I mean, and i got to be honest, I think Will Hernandez would even say he hasn't played up to the level or standard that – we saw him play in his rookie year, sure. and to be honest, it's definitely it's definitely upsetting, you know, to see a guy like that. Now, I was a big fan of of Shane Lemieux coming out. I'm not saying to make the switch right away, but obviously, you got Matt Parrott some reps in the, the the Rams game, and why not do the same thing with Lemieux? I mean, obviously, you know what you have in Hernandez. And listen, I'm an offensive line guy. I coach offensive line, and I, I think consistency is key. But if you're going to do that with Matt Parrott, why don't you do that with Shane Lemieux? Um, that's, that's one point I wanted to make. The other point, 
I definitely would like to see more Caden Smith. He produces nonstop when he's in the game. Um, he's always a, he's a willing blocker. He's a good blocker. Um, he's pretty effective when you talk about pass catching. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's the one thing I want to talk about. And then I just want to talk about one more thing. So definitely want to hear what you guys All right, before you that. go to number three, before you go to number three, Jeff, I'm going to yeah. let you answer number two, but I'm going to answer number one real quick. Okay. If you yeah. put Parrot in for a few snaps and replace a Fleming, He's got one guy next to him, and that is Kevin Zeitler, who's an experienced veteran. If you were to take out Hernandez for a few snaps and put Lemieux in, he's got a rookie in Thomas on his left, and he's got a brand-new center in Gates on his right. That is a very, very different situation than having one veteran on your left-hand side. Mm-hmm. Sure. But I mean, point. You know, but, but I, will say, I will say this, though. I mean, at this point, I, and I get what you're saying, but at this point, we're all NFL players here. Or not me, obviously, but, uh, you know, they're all NFL players, right? So you, you draft the guy, and, and your hope is, you know, if you do move on from Will Hernandez in a year, yeah, it's a year difference, but it's not like three years of a difference. So they have the hope of, they drafted Shane Lemieux. It's not like he's an undrafted guy. He's this mystery guy. You don't know what you're going to get of him. You know, he, he's a guy that, you know, you could look into it next year, and if the Giants are sitting at two in the draft, you may have Panay Sewell and Shane Lemieux who play next to each other next year on the Giants' offensive line, and you move Andrew Thomas back to right tackle. I'm just saying that's something to look at, and it's something right. that I think Shane Lemieux should get. All right, all right. So, so Jeff, let go to go to his second question, and then we'll let him finish up. Well, I, I think that I, I do I do agree with you with Caden Smith. I love the way he plays. I love how he is can block. I think he can do well in the passing game. But one thing I don't want to do is take any of the reps or even the targets away from Evan Ingram um, to give them to Caden Smith. But if there's a way to design some plays that maybe get both of those guys out and try to maybe deflect a little bit from Evan to get the ball to Caden, then I'm, I'm with you. But I, I think that yeah. he, he's probably one of your consistent players. Um, a guy yeah. that does really well for you. And, 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 yeah, let's just try to give him a couple more targets in the game. I'll agree with you. Yeah, he, re- he reminds me a lot of Jake Ballard, the Giants had, obviously. Sure, yeah. Uh, for a while. It reminds you a lot of that. Last thing I want to talk about is, Paul, a couple weeks ago when the Giants were playing the Bears, you had mentioned Khalil Mack not being an elite pass rusher anymore. And I don't know. I still, I'm still i just curious your thoughts yeah. on that because, in my opinion, I still think that Khalil Mack is an elite pass rusher. I know he went up against Tristan Wirfs yesterday. But he's still top top ten, at least in the league. I mean, I, I still find it hard to believe that you may not consider Khalil Mack. Well, let me ask you a question. Did you watch the Bears game against the Giants? Of course I did. Okay. Yeah, How well did he play that day? Not, not fantastic. He had, you know, one no. good play. He, he, well, he, he recovered a, a loose ball fumble that, that you know, fell yeah. into his lap. I mean, he had, really didn't have anything to do with that, but he did recover the ball, so that's fine. Okay. But that doesn't say anything about being an elite pass rusher. And the one sack no, but, and the but, one sack that he had, hold on, the one sack that he had in the game, he had one sack. And you know what it was? He was lined up uh, over the Giants' left side, and yeah. he had two tight ends who were in front of him. Ingram ran a route to inside. Smith ran a route outside. And they left Khalil Mack totally unblocked. So he split two tight ends who didn't lay a finger on him, and that was the yep. only sack that he got all day. Now you tell me, well, I, you tell me, if the guy's an elite pass rusher, is that the only way he can get a sack? No, but I think that I think it's it's not fair to say that. He, I mean, listen, has he dipped off in his career? Hundred percent. There you go, older. and that's I, it. He, no, he, that's I, my that's I, my I, point. That's my I, point. I, I, listen, 
I agree with you on that. But my point also is I don't think it's also fair to call him a Robin anymore. I know, I know that's the term you used. I still think listen, for an aging guy, Khalil Mack is still, when you talk about statistics, and I'm not going to go into pro football focus grades because I don't Good. really take much stock. That, Good. Right? Good for you. Either, right? But, but he's still producing at a high level, and he's still a game changer. I, right? I, Again, I'm not – yeah, I think it's interesting. I think it's interesting. I, I do think he is still a quality player and a good pass rusher. But to me, the fact that he's fallen off from where he was when he was elite with the, sure. with the Raiders, that, I mean, you know, if you were elite and you have fallen off, technically you can't be elite anymore, can you? I, I get that. But, but in terms of, would you consider Joey, would you consider Joey Bosa and T.J. Watt elite? They, they, they would need to do it for another three years for me to put him in that category. Okay, because I'm just saying, because statistically this year he's doing you know? better than they. No, I, you're right. I get it. No, I understand. I understand. But yeah. now we have seen a pattern with Mac that shows a significant fall off from where he once was. But I mean, it's semantics. Okay. It's semantics. I didn't Don't... say. I didn't say he's not any good. I didn't say he's still not a productive pass rusher. But when you compare him to where he once was. He's not the same. Oh, no, no, no. I'm with you. I, I agree with you on that. I still think you know? he's still a double pass rusher. That's all I want to say. All right. Have a good day. Take care. <laughs> 201-939-4513. Some, some of the issues that I get a lot with fans, Jeff, is, is about semantics. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm very precise. And, and, and when, when words, you know, carry definitions, I, I, I stick to those. I'm a stickler for making sure that you are crystal clear on the semantics that you use because there is a particular definition for every word. And if you don't match up to every part of that definition, well, then that doesn't qualify for you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my feeling, uh, again, when you, if, if he was elite, and he was with the Raiders, and he's clearly not the same guy anymore, then technically he can no longer be elite. Well, it depends on how what you make elite. So... I mean, I, I think he's still a hell of a football player. I mean, I watched he's him good. play he's last night. He's a good night. football player. Sure, uh, he's he can, a good he football can, player. He can ruin a game. He can ruin a game just like anybody else. Um, well, yeah. you know, here's the thing I'll say. Much like when Lawrence Taylor was in his prime and he was the best ever, his last couple of years, you know, after Bill Parcells retired, you know, Lawrence had, was getting injured a lot. And quite honestly, you saw the flashes of the elite Lawrence Taylor. And I say this about the greatest football player and greatest defensive player who ever walked the face of the earth. Uh, you know how I feel about Lawrence Taylor. Well, but th- the fact is, he flashed the, the elite, elite characteristics on occasion over his last couple of years. He wasn't elite on every play, play in and play out anymore. He just wasn't. Well, nobody is. Nobody is That's from right. start to finish. That's um, right. So, but my point is, is that it depends on what you make, what you say is elite. When, when does that eliteness <laughs> wear off? And I think that, you know, some people think that, that he still is elite and you do not. Um, but I feel like, you know, the guy to me is still a, a heck of a football player. Um, yes, he's not as what he used to be, but I still he's pretty close. He's pretty close, and just because he doesn't show up in every single game at this point, I still think that I still think he's up there. All that's right. I, I just have a higher standard. That's all. That's okay. That that's is, okay. I mean, exactly. It's sure. perfectly fine. It's yeah. perfectly fine. There's nothing wrong with that. All right. Uh, we go to line three. Charlie from Maine. You're next up on the show. Hello, Charlie. Hi, Charlie. Hey, Paul. Hey, Jeff. Hey, Paul. Hello. Just one question. Yeah. Would you? Wouldn't you like to have uh, Mac on our 
team right now as a pass rusher? I would. Well, at the at the moment, he is certainly much more accomplished than any pass rusher on the Giants roster. Okay. So why why so 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 why wouldn't you? Exactly. Exactly. But that does that doesn't mean that doesn't define him as elite anymore. Charlie, Charlie, this is just reminded me of as like we're like we're in the courtroom and you just asked the defendant or the plaintiff one question to say no more questions. Thank you. That's fine. That's fine. No, but but he would be elite on our team. I mean, let's let's not kid ourselves, Charlie. The the Giants don't have anybody who's even close to being an elite pass rusher right now. I know. That's what I'm saying. Hey, uh, I, I just want to throw that out. But anyway, um, I think it's going to come down who's going to have the better offensive line this week. And uh, we're going to find out. Even though Dallas is all banged up, uh, just like the other callers were saying, you got Dak, you know. I think we're going to get to him, but can we bring him down? Or is he going to mm-hmm. run for a first down? Or is he going to go on the outside and all of a sudden, you know, a lamb is wide open or the tight end is wide open? I mean, Bradbury can take care of Cooper pretty much. Um, you know, I mean, it'll be a tough fight, but he'll he'll do a good job. But who who's going to cover everybody else? Well, you That's know what, Charlie? When you when you think about the teams that the Giants have played this this year, and going back to Week One with the Steelers, running quarterback, no. Week Two with the Steelers, Trubisky might be the only one that really is, is a guy that you that would scare you a little bit by running. Dak Prescott is way above all of those guys when you talk about making plays with his feet. Yeah. And, and you've got to be careful, and you're right about that. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, we'll see what happens with that. But I, I don't know. This is – and, look, Jerry Jones' head's going to explode if, if they don't beat us. I mean, you know he's he's got them on edge. He, he, you know he's ready to, like, probably fire a whole bunch of people here. Yeah. So – well, it's look at the heat—the the heat in Dallas against that team right now is is just absolutely <laughs> off the charts. Especially when you consider oh, no. how about Troy Aikman talking about you know how how pathetic it is and the lack of effort and this and that. They they have taken yeah. so many flames Good. that the truth of the matter is they need to they need to come out like gangbusters this week, especially in front of their home fans. Right. Exactly. And, uh, you know, there's one thing that really surprises me a little bit. It seems like Joe Judd knows every other team's in and out. He can tell you about everything about them, how good they are. He's not going to tell you the ins and outs of his own team in front of people, No, no, but You know that. But, no, but (laughs) but they they keep saying they don't know their team yet. He knows his team. Of course he does. He's just looking for talent that isn't on the roster, and that's the problem. He's looking for talent that is not on the roster. So he knows what his team looks like. He knows it's not very good. But, you know, it's just, it just amazes me that, you know, he, he can just give you recite every other team and tell you exactly, and then it's like, oh, we don't know what we got yet. That is crap. Just say we're not very good right now, and we're, we're gonna, hopefully going to get better, you know. It just it cracks me up. And one last thing. Charlie, Charlie, Charlie just going back to Len's point, five new yeah. defensive backs on this team since opening day, and you're going to sit there and yeah. tell me that he knows everything there is to know about those guys, even though they've been here less than a month? That's not fair. Well, It's just not. Well, if he's taking them, if he's taking them off the, the crap heat, it's another cow chip. I mean, have we got any blue chip? No, we've gotten cow chip, basically. <laughs> So that he knows what we got. Right, Charlie, listen, listen Charlie, to... I got less than four minutes to go, and I got another caller on hold. So okay. I'm going to invite you okay. to call back another time. All, All right? right? Take care, Charlie. Thank you. 
Real quick, we can go to line one, and I want to see Dan. Is it from the Poconos? I'm going to give you a shot to get in here as the last call. Just a quick comment there, fellas. Always enjoy the show. Thank you. Thanks, Dan. Um, you're welcome. Jeff, I just got a little issue with what you said. I mean, okay. with this stupid pandemic we got going on, God, you know, I know so many people who are hurting. As of, you know, everyone knows people who are hurting and this and that. But for you to say about these players, you know, if, if they miss a game, well, boo-hoo-hoo if I don't get all broken up that they don't get their 50 100 whatever thousand dollar game okay i can understand it i understand where you're coming from i do and i apologize if i offended you in that way but the fact of the matter is is that i you know these guys work for a living just like anybody else okay and what i'm trying to say there is that when i'm working for a living and i'm doing what i'm supposed to do and i'm following the protocol of what's happening i'm a buffalo bills player and the guys on the other end of it who i'm supposed to be playing that are in the tennessee titans that are not following the protocol that's where i'm getting upset about okay that's why that's why i'm mad about it it's a principal thing. It's yeah. a principal thing. And, 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 you know, the fact of the matter is, no matter who you are, when circumstances that are totally out of your control affect your bottom line, you're going to be ticked. Right. Yeah, I guess you're right, no matter what, especially if it's no fault to you. To you. Sure, so correct. That's, that's, no that's exactly what. right, yes. So I, I see your point. I don't mean to be busting your chops here. That's okay. Guys. No, listen, you, you have every right to call in and, and, and view your point, and we, we respect that, absolutely. Dan, yeah. we're almost well, out of time. Did that. you have something else? No, sorry. Just go Giants. Okay. Well, agree. thank you so much. Please call again. All right, Jeff. So it's uh, the Giants and Dallas Cowboys, Sunday, 4 o'clock. CBS game, by the way. This is one of those games that uh, the league just traded network and conference affiliations on so that CBS could have a better market share this weekend. So CBS gets the Giants and the Cowboys Sunday at 4. Don't forget. Is that a Tony Romo and Jim Nance game? I believe it is. Don't forget tonight uh, on MSG Networks, check your local listings. Uh, Giants first and 10, our preview show. I'll be uh, having a one-on-one sit-down with Dexter Lawrence, which was a whole lot of fun. He's just a really cool guy and having a good start to a season, by the way. Mm-hmm. So we invite you to check that out. We also invite you to check out uh, the Giants radio pregame show, which I believe we're starting at around 2 o'clock, two hours before kickoff on Sunday on WFAN locally here in New York. So, Jeff, appreciate yep. it as always. Yeah, we will uh, talk to you on Sunday, Paul. Uh, thanks for all the callers. Pearson, thank you on the other side, and have a great weekend, everybody. For Jeff Fiegels, I'm Paul Dottino. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Big Blue Kickoff Live presented by New York Lottery. Get out there and play. As a reminder, you can find the archive of this show and our entire podcast network brought to you by Investors Bank on the Giants mobile app, podcast platforms everywhere, and at Giants.com slash podcast. So long, everybody.